Greg, this isn't you. Gray's not here anymore. He's in a better place. In his mind, where he wants to be. I've taken over now. A fake world is a lot less painful than a real one. All I needed was for his mind to break, and he broke it. No. Goodbye. In the end, Stem says ACAB and puts off-brand Tom Hardy in a world of pure imagination. This is Upgrade Spoilers. I like that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to spoilers. Not just spoilers. No, this is spooky spoilers, and I'm Woo! starting off with a movie that hardly qualifies as spooky. This is Upgrade. Uh, this movie Upgrade is from 2018. It's written and directed by Lee Wynell, and uh, it's one of my favorites from that year, from my, according to my Letterbox review at that time. Uh, but before we get to the movie, let's get to the intros and go around the virtual table here. So I gave you guys a, an opening question earlier today, and uh, it was pretty basic. It was just, uh, if you could upgrade uh, part of your body, what would you change and how would you use it? So we'll go east to west. No, don't start with me, please. Oh, okay. East to east. Uh, so I guess that'll be me. So I'll, I'll give you guys a heads up. I got some options written down here. So uh, one, uh, titanium spine. Uh, just back hurts all the time now. Just want to get that <laughs> solid, solid and good to go for the rest of the time. Sick of that gravity. Yeah, uh, it's really tough being a kind of tall guy. Can't imagine Josh. Uh, two, cybernetic eyes. I think that'd be pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, just have some uh, what are the, what eyes are those that, do? I, I don't know. Whatever these guys' eyes do, I guess. Just yeah. record stuff and yeah, it's pretty cool. zoom in and stuff. How many are you going to take, Mikey? I'm just naming off. You can name as many as you want. It doesn't matter. Faster reflexes would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-anxiety tummy. Anti-anxiety. You know, the basics. Be able to drink milk. <laughs> I was going to say, be able to process yeah. lactose. <laughs> A lactose-powered... Tell me, how far away are you like? How many more till you reach like bi- um, uh, bionic cock? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's next. Prehensile penis. That's the go go gadget penis. Yeah. yeah, I think Stevie's oh, up. I'll go next. Um, I'm pretty restless, like in the brain, and like Pap knows I can run on very very little sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a superpower and a curse. And part of me, if I were to be able to upgrade my body, would be able to almost put like an Ethernet port like inside my brain to where I could hook mm. up at night. And part of my brain would like, be on searching for like information and knowledge while the other rested. And like when I woke up, like that knowledge would be like ready and set for me. Like I learned it, but my body is rested. Sounds like a hellscape. <laughs> <laughs> Never fully rested. You want an avatar is what you want. A blue Stevie. Well, I mean, it just, I want to be able to connect and like pretty much gain more info while I sleep. He wants to download the game in the background while he's watching a <laughs> exactly. DVD. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Mikey. That'd be uh, pretty useful. Then Stevie ends up being super smart. Yeah. Not dumb and tired like now, but rested and smart. <laughs> uh, Pap, I think you're next, unless you're done, Stevie. Oh, I'm done. Yeah. All right. 
Alright, this is Pappy, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Somehow in between Isis and Weesis of Josh <laughs> and Stevie. I've given up. Uh, I think I just gotta like work with what I got already, Mikey, and like accentuate it. So I would like to have uh, upgraded grease abilities. I'd like to have <laughs> no traction. You know, so I could like skate on the floor and slide around like I wouldn't get hurt if I fell down. I would just uh. like skid, you know? That and bionic dick, which was already... <laughs> Naturally, to accommodate all of the grease. Exactly. Wow. That's awful. Uh, Josh? <laughs> Hello, this is Josh from Goshen. I had to tune out for a lot of that, so I didn't really hear you guys' answer, but did anyone take bionic dick yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're just picking I'm colors at this point. <laughs> Some adamantium boners. <laughs> oh man! You gotta get that vibranium know. for the ladies. <laughs> it's mithril, my lord. Oh god! You want it? You want it made of uh, unobtainium? <laughs> we just got mithril, unobtainium, all in there. One little thing, man. I didn't honestly think of that cool of an answer but what just popped in my head brett i want to see if you remember this brett and i teamed up and wrote a screenplay in college i think about it every day josh every day what is it bionic uh, once, man let's go with once a week once a month i think about that all the time and how much regret i have over it <laughs> well, i don't understand what that means <laughs> but brett we wrote a screenplay together, and it was about a person who had the ability to just looking in someone's eyes could tell if if they died right now. I think it was Brett. If they died right now, would they go to heaven or hell? So it was very religious, but it was also had a little bit of an edge to it. It wasn't like a super Christian script or anything. Oh yeah, no, it was cool. I have regret because I we came up with the story, but I wasn't able to really be a part of more of it because it was for class and stuff so uh, I mean I that was one of the best nights oh, of my life I had to move on without Brett at a certain point and just finish it up but <laughs> sounds pretty <laughs> preachy no trust me it's not it's like more about God's hand killers and stuff how do people know if the predictions are right hey yo there's twists at the end we don't talk about Bruno pap <laughs> twins and clones <laughs> I don't want to say too much about that script because maybe we could rework it. But one part I know we would cut out that's in there is there's this guy named Wilson giving him advice the whole time. And I think he's basically like the devil. And they oh, go yeah. to where his apartment is at the end. And it's like, not even an apartment. It's like in a broom closet. Ooh, spooky spoilers. That's one of the twists, Josh. <laughs> that was not the best part. But man, if that hooks anyone, tell me and Brett, we'll write it. Yeah, good. we will. I, I think about it all the time. I just, I, yeah, I want to get involved in that again. The origin of the Christ-like character <laughs> meme. Incredible. Yeah. All right, is it me or? Yes. Uh, the best I could come up with is like a, not like a thermal, but something like a, uh, a danger sensor. Kind of like a spidey sense, mm. but like more refined. Like maybe a few seconds precognition to for see guns. if anyone's 
for no, handguns but, specifically. For spiders. <laughs> no, a spidey sense for spiders. But no, well. Oh, oh, oh okay. Spider radar. Actually, if I had power, I'd rather get rid of all my phobias. I'd rather, much rather do that. Wow. Um, but just, I don't know, it's that help protect, I don't know, people I care about more and stuff. I don't know. I like that idea that uh, Mikey had about the eyes, like maybe like a hacking eyes, like, I don't know, be able to hack stuff with your eyeballs and, I don't know, and bionic dick, obviously. Right. (laughs) Nailed it. Uh, Literally. Five for five on bionic dick. Okay. Uh, yes, I know Upgrade isn't the most spooky movie I could have chosen. Okay. Uh, but to me, I, I find it has a great mix of like body horror. There's a lot of really good gore in this movie, and uh, the ending isn't uh, so happy as well. So I, I kind of put it under a, a genre for spooky spoilers. And spooky spoilers is is just a concept, a vibe, if you will. So mm-hmm. everybody, get off my back about if this is a spooky spoiler or not. Let me okay? get off that thing. What'd you say? Nothing's from pitch meeting. Let me get off that thing. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but uh, if you guys disagree with me, uh, just uh, let me know. Do you do you think this qualifies as a, a kind of a spooky movie? I guess. What's more terrifying, and to be honest, than like Skynet taking over, and that's kind of what this is like the start of. That guy is literally going to go kill everybody, and he's starting with the guy's mom. I mean, it's it's a terrifying concept, if not like terrifying to see. It's a Blumhouse movie that's an episode of Black Mirror, so I could kind of see it. But there's also a lot of comedy in this movie, too. A huge point in the spooky column is that this is written by the Saw guy. Saw's one through three. Mm-hmm. The best ones. I'm pretty glad I didn't know that going into this movie, though, Mikey. So Yeah, but the guy who wrote Saw 4 and 5 wrote The Collector, so... Oh, okay. so, Trump yeah, cards. We just missed out on a master. Just missed out on Home Alone. Right. I don't know if that's exactly true, but it's something like that. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, that's a good stat to know, though, Brett. Uh, it's so close to, to have been a masterpiece. Yeah, so close. Uh, if they had just waited. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that you guys think it's so, it qualifies as spooky. So uh, we can get to the plot now, and we start off with an auto mechanic. He's got a very odd name, Gray Trace. Uh, they kind of just call him Gray for most of the movie. Uh, he works a lot on gas-powered cars in a not-too-distant future where that kind of thing is outdated, and everybody, I guess, there, there's, like, normal-looking cars on the road, but I, we can assume that, like, gas-powered cars are a thing of the past. And so uh, he gets kind of... A lot of shit about his career, I guess, from his wife. He's just kind of ribbing him about, like, the things he he's into and uh, works on. is just, like, kind of not useful in this world anymore. Uh, it's a niche business, and he's got a sweet house, cool garage, all that kind of stuff. He, they seem successful. His wife is, like, super high-up executive. They got a great spot. They like each other a whole lot. They call each other husband and wife, though. A lot. It's a little odd. I dropped the block in the firebird today, finished her up. You want to see it? I have no idea what you just said. Okay, well, I don't know what you do for a living either, wife. So are you. Yes, but is staying home all day playing with cars a living grave? I don't know. I know. Oh. <laughs> that hurt. It hurt good. It is weird. Uh, but I think he's just, like, kind of mocking the AI controlling his house 
for that. But yeah, it's a weird thing to keep up. He's a little over the top as a Luddite for me. You know what I mean? He's such like a salt of the earth. Like, let's make a pizza. First of all, making a pizza seems like so much work. (laughs) But (laughs) it never is good. I was thinking the same thing. He's very cliche at the beginning. He's very, uh, I don't know, boomer-ish in the... I was thinking that when he's like, oh, when you say say, uh, microchips, (laughs) I think of... 10 people on the unemployment line. I, I was just like, okay. But other than that, I like to... He's in the garage with like a thousand pictures of him and Jill on the wall, barely dismissing Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Totally a tool man Taylor in the garage. Salt of the earth kind of guy. That's perfect, Pat. Is that you who said that? Or is that Stevie? Yeah. Played by Logan Marshall Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got I got bad news for the, the group. The studio wanted... None other than our king, Jake Gyllenhaal, for this part. Oh, oh wow. Devastating to hear right now. Oh. Wow. That would have been... I can just hear one of his screams right now. Ugh. Was he probably doing Velvet Buzzsaw instead? 2018. I think it came more down to the budget. There's only, it's like only a $5 million movie. Did you guys not just squint your eyes and kind of pretend it was Tom Hardy? Kind of works. That's a Britney set at the end. She thought it was... She said it looked like Tom Hardy the whole time. That's what got my ass in the seat in 2018. I was like, oh, wow, Tom Hardy sci-fi movie. I'll go see that. This guy kind of looks like Tom Hardy. Everyone knows him as Trey from OC. But now he's gray. Well, I he's called a Trey. him, what's your Trey? <laughs> he's Trey. Uh, um, what's Trey? I like that. So Ray finishes up this this. Trans Am, the Trans Am, uh, that's obviously like got the Phoenix painted on the front. We're setting some, uh, little breadcrumbs here because he comes back after this incident. Uh, he's got this Trans Am that he drops off to this really eccentric, uh, tech guy, Aaron Keen. Uh, he's really weird. He's very eccentric and. Uh, clean cut and very pale. Uh, he's apparently like a major player in this tech industry and he's very, very smart. And so he lets, he, he uh, Aaron just wants, or uh, Gray just wants to like introduce his wife to him because I don't even know if he knows that they're in the same kind of like business or, uh, but he just kind of just wants him to check out the house because he thinks it's really cool. So, he takes her there, and they kind of start talking, and they find out that Aaron is working on some brand new tech, and he wants to show them. Pap, what does Aaron have to show them? Well, the first thing he has is his cloud that he's playing with. A little bit of lightning. You're early. Yeah, I, uh, I drive fast. What, what, what is the thing that you're touching? It's my cloud. Is it supposed to be like Elon? Like I know it doesn't look like Elon Musk, but yeah, I, was, I, I the got whole a hot vibe, eccentric billionaire. I, I got that vibe, Neuralink type stuff. Um, but what he has to show him is uh, sh- what's it, what's the technology called? I totally stem. Um, stem, uh, the stem microchip. And like he, like you said, Mike, he's very socially awkward. He doesn't really have like any tact when he's like, your company will never catch up to ours or whatever. But Tom Hardy, the Luddite that he is, is rolling his eyes the whole time and be like, well, can STEM make a baby? 
like from iRobot, can STEM compose an opera or something? Yeah, he's an idiot, and he says, can STEM play football, though? So that's, like, about his baseline for human intelligence. <laughs> Here's my thing. Does Aaron drive this muscle car, or was this all STEM from the beginning? Right? Because, like, why would this nerd have this car? It doesn't fit his personality. I think you said, I think you said STEM was in charge from for a from long of years now. Yeah. So this was all, like, a like a bait, like, to lure someone in yeah. as a me- mechanic guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why of all the people he could have chosen though? Why a mechanic? Could have chosen like an athlete, tricked an athlete or something. Because or... he was also in love with his wife deeply, and that's why she had to die. Who plays the Elon Musk ish guy? A really bad actor. Well, hold on. I thought so too. Really? Well, <laughs> that's that's exactly mm-hmm. what I was going to say. But you guys thought he was worse than Rob Barty? Listen. Now that we know that all his lines were fed through him and he was reluctantly saying them through STEM early in the movie, I'm Makes giving sense. him a huge pass here, Pat. Nice. That's nice. the whole thing I was going to say. Harrison Gilbertson. He's like a worse Jesse Eisenberg somehow. Not possible. There's a scene where him and Tom Hardy are like fighting, like are going back and forth, and Tom Hardy's like, You didn't tell me that it was going to talk to me. <laughs> Did you forget that this operation was to be done in secret? That if even the slightest thing were to go wrong during this trial period, it would all be for nothing? He knows everything. Don't lie to him. No, I didn't forget it. I remembered that you asked me to keep a secret. But it turns out that you had a couple other secrets. Like, for instance, you never mentioned to me that the thing talks. That's like my biggest problem with the movie. I feel like the acting's really bad in some spots. I didn't get that vibe. Uh, Logan Marshall Green does make some odd choices, like you said, like you mentioned, Pap. Um, there is like a couple things, especially when he's fighting, the way he's like overconfident. It's kind of off-putting, I guess. I would rather him just be more like freaked out with the, yes. the way he is in the in the first fight. Josh, what do you think of this guy's house? Like, uh, I think this is like a great. He looks like he lives in a Halo level, but he. <laughs> I think it's a great uh, visualization of like future, future homes or whatever. It gives a gives a good uh, vibe to uh, to what this future looks like. Somehow, saying he lives in a Halo level isn't even as good as where he lives in this movie. He lives in the basement <laughs> of Stonehenge, I think. <laughs> Uh, literally, they go up to these rocks that look just like Stonehenge and just walk down steps. And then there's like a basement with like flowers. It's very much like Batcave esque, don't you think? Here, it it definitely lends to the eccentric billionaire Bruce Wayne sort of thing or something. Yeah, it all looks very nice, but there's probably a room. That's just filled with piss jars because there's the no fuck? windows. <laughs> yeah, I love the way this house looks. I think it's super uh, modern looking and really, uh, really a uh, cool set design. Uh, but on the way back home after after uh, Aaron shows him STEM and Gray is skeptical of of everything that he's seen, they're driving back home in an AI controlled car. Uh, Brett. They try to they try to have sex in the back with his bionic wiener, but uh, <laughs> they uh, end up getting into a little bit of an accident. What what happens to these guys? Well, so I mean, you don't really find out now, but the, the, there's like an override in the automated car, 
and it's going the opposite direction. It's going kind of to the horror part of town where the main character grew up, and it pretty much takes them to the spot where there are four guys kind of waiting for him, and they kill the wife and paralyze the paralyzed Gray. Brett, would you use a self-driving car? Yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't use one of the ones that are out now. Oh, like Elon's ones that are hitting children? I mean, yeah, other and anybody else, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But these, yeah, I would, I would take one of these for sure. Your chances of getting hacked are super low. It's going to be bad for the old podcast medium when people can watch videos while they drive. That's going to be trouble for us. <laughs> pivot. We're going to have to pivot. We'll have to be on video. <laughs> exactly. We'll never do that. We'll just have to, they'll have to live with a thumbnail for the YouTube video. Um, yeah, they end up getting into a pretty bad accident and they just look like they're not even really robbed. It just kind of looks like a malicious act of violence by this guy. And yeah, the uh, future cops kind of show up. They save Logan Marshall Green and we get a montage of uh, him with as his new life as a quadriplegic Stevie. He looks like he's having a pretty tough time. And uh, after that montage, we end up meeting Detective Cortez. What is uh, what kind of news does she have for Gray? Nothing good. Nothing at all. No, I mean, possibly the worst detective he could have gotten on the case. I don't think Detective Cortez is a brilliant detective by any means, and it's kind of one of those characters that's not really meant to do anything, but kind of reveal stuff towards the end. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, Gray's life um, post-accident and attempted quote-unquote murder kind of sucks. He's got his mom living with him. Um, Nothing great about the case as far as... Cortez is supposed to be smart, though. You think so? In the context of the movie... I don't know what you're about to pick apart, <laughs> to be honest, Stevie. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go but ahead. Yeah, I, no, I just think in the movie, she picks on stuff and is kind of on his tail at every step of the way, isn't she? She's She plants uh, listening devices on him. She's tailing him. She figures out. Very futuristic. She, she puts him on the suspect list like immediately. But this guy is like at the scene of the crime every every step of the way. He's just like <laughs> He's just walking there. through people's brain matter and leaving a big footprint. I got something for you, Stevie. What's up? Could could the fact that she's let's say roughly a mediocre cop could that go with the one of the overall themes of the movie that as technology gets better, I mean they literally have drones that have self identifying things that can pick up chips and people. Mm-hmm. That do most of the work. So when those fail, we're left with detectives that are only minorly... Competent. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, this movie does do a lot of, like, preaching as far as the human versus technology aspect of this, you know, kind of story. But uh, go back to, like, Gray's life, though. Um, Not looking great. Uh, It sucks. Tries to commit suicide. Whoa, he has two arms, though, and two arms that can make any protein shake in the world he wants. <laughs> yeah, but they can't reach his mouth. It's anytime anyone says protein shake, there's not like a alert word. So if you're just like, hey, do you want a protein shake? The arms just start making one <laughs> right away. <laughs> it's so inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, these robotic arms are fully capable of preparing meals for you. Let's just say you wanted a protein shake. You would just say protein shake. Your mother also has voice control authority over the arms. Uh, would you like to do the honors, Pam? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, protein shake. Oh, my lord. <laughs> Yeah, things are looking a little dour in Gray's life post-murder uh, and accident. Say you want a protein shake. I mean, there's no other options. There's <laughs> <laughs> a chicken wing or a piece of pizza going to come out of that, too? <laughs> it's just protein shakes. Sorry. I mean, at least the kids in Spy Kids got McDonald's. Right? Didn't they get McDonald's Big True. Mac machines and stuff? I refuse to ever watch Spy Kids again. That's on my <laughs> no watch you were, list. You were not on that one. <laughs> it's that and Sala 100 Days of, of Sodom. Uh, Did you know that kid, that boy is married to Megan Trainer? Get the fuck out. I just found that out two months ago. I couldn't freaking believe it. Julian? The redheaded kid. He's married to All About the Base. What? He's All About the Base? Good. Nice. On him. She came out and said they take poops next to each other. What? Or something like that. She was in the news like a month or two ago. Wait, poop poop what next to each other? No, I, that's, you can go ahead and look that up on yourself, I guess. But, like, she came out and said they go to the bathroom next to each other, and he was not happy that she uh, brought that up. Wait, they just have, like, open toilets next to each other in the master? Yes. They do. Facing each other, and they can play chess. <laughs> it's actually kind of a cool idea. Uh, he's visited in the, in the hospital by Aaron. Aaron, uh, Josh, what does uh, Aaron offer him? Do they take all their poops at the same time every day? I don't. How does that work? Oh, they're synced up. No, Megan Trainer and this dude, like, yeah, they sync. Triple up. shot espresso, <laughs> Starbucks every morning. <laughs> they eat the exact same it's thing. It's four thirty, honey. Twelve minutes in the restroom. <laughs> I had food poisoning once in peru and if i could have had to aim one end of my body at one toilet and then the uh, aim the other end of my body at a different toilet that would have been a game changer i'm i'm not anti this idea wait what dude (laughs) what was your movie question mikey judge not lest you be judged is all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) mikey what was your question i'm so sorry uh what does aaron offer gray Gray in this attack on his wife has been paralyzed. It's very sad, as we've Bodily said. Bodily and emotionally. He's drinking protein shakes for weeks so far. Sick of the slim fast. And... The sacred Jedi tax! What's wrong? Sorry. <laughs> that was the perfect one, actually. And I kind of like that one. And there's actually, I think, a pretty good writing line in here, Mikey, because... Aaron comes in and he's like, hey, I got that secret technology I was telling you about, and it could actually make you walk again. We could start your life over. And Tom Hardy, (laughs) uh, second-rate Tom Hardy, is like, I'm not looking for a new life. I'm looking for the off switch. As a quadriplegic, 
The line connecting your brain to your limbs has been cut. Stem would bridge that gap. The operation would take place in my home, away from official eyes. There'd be no more hospitals. But it would have to be our secret. For now. Here's the thing, kid. I'm not looking to restart my life. I'm looking for the off switch. And I thought, like, at what we've seen of his life so far and his wife getting brutally murdered in front of him, that really made sense. And I don't know. Is maybe a movie cliche, Stevie? I'm sure you've seen this particular... Have you seen this scene like a thousand times? Even if I can't name one off the top of my head, my brain knows this is bullshit. What would she want, Stevie? What would she want? (laughs) Well, Stem told them to say it. Is this what she would want for you? She'd want to be alive, okay? Stem has seen as many movies as Quentin Tarantino. God bless America. It it does kind of make me laugh, though, that like an AI would be saying something like that, because in my brain... It's just surfing the internet looking for, like, cliches and movies, and that's what popped up. <laughs> this guy has watched Die Hard 75 times. This is definitely going to work. <laughs> what would she want? Like, he's, like Josh said, a, a second chance at life. Uh, whether Gray even believes that because he was skeptical at first, but um, he has nothing else to go off of. So Gray takes like five minutes to think about this offer before he signs an NDA and he's getting sliced up. Uh, it's pretty gruesome surgery. Hated it. Oh, you didn't like it? This is spooky. That's oh, gross. This is spooky spoilers right here. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty gory, uh, pretty gross, but uh. It's a cool surgery because, like, they show, like, all of the future medical mm-hmm. technology, and I thought that was The really doctors cool. have the bionic eyes. They're, like, some, like, augmented reality or something zooming in. It's cool mm-hmm. shit. That x-ray little dome they're in is really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Where, like, some panels are x-ray and some aren't. I'll say this, though. Like, CB, this movie does have cliches, but at least it doesn't, like, stop and explain things. That is nice. That's very nice. And it doesn't even give you, like, a year when this is. It's just, like, the near future. I do happen to know what year it takes place. 69? 2046. Oh. She was born in 2008 and died when she was 38. So, 2046, around there. Nice. I only know that because it says IMDb, and I believe it says it on the autopsy that he's looking at. Yeah, uh, what kind of person gets the files like that? That's really classified. That's, I mean, that's crazy. He's like, look at his wife's autopsy photos and crap. It's crazy. Well, aren't you allowed to? I don't think you can do that at all. Because I'm sure, like, the cops would be afraid that you're going to go out there and do something. Those are police files, though. In this future, the Freedom of Information Act no longer exists. <laughs> this plot point of the wife's murder has a way bigger problem with it, but I don't want to get that in. I don't want to get into that till later. So just bookmark this, okay, guys. Wife gets murdered. It's bullshit. Well, <laughs> yeah, it is bullshit. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Pat made a good point that uh, 
this movie does not waste any time. Uh, so it takes like five minutes after the surgery to get up and running. He's mm-hmm. walking all over the place. Absolutely no explanation needed. He's Jake Sully from Avatar. Just running. Yeah. STEM is basically magic. Techno- uh, technological magic at this point. Gray ends up uh, getting back home. Again, he can't tell anybody about anything that's going on because Aaron uh, gave him a deal that he's going to have to take it away if anybody found out about it because everything that they just did was illegal. And uh, so they end up having their first interaction uh, as Gray is looking at some evidence. And how does that first interaction go there, Pap? What is, uh, what do they kind of talk about? Um, so the way we hear stem is the same way that tom hardy hears stem and that it's just this voice this voiceover that's i guess in his brain and stem was able to look at the video and i guess has better like photo extrapolation technology than the police and was able to like decode this guy's military tattoo um I, I like the voice of STEM. May I point something out? Hello? Yes? Okay, who's saying that? I am STEM, the system operating your body for you. Don't be afraid. You're fucking kidding me? No. I've gone insane. I'm fucking insane. Your psychological report diagnosed you with mild PTSD symptoms, but you are not insane. Wait, so, okay, you've been sitting there this whole time since the operation? I've been observing everything you've observed. Do you, do you have to talk? If you don't want me to, I will not. Okay, yeah, don't talk. Is this the best part of the movie? What do you mean? When Stem, <clears throat> Hal, starts talking. Hal. Dude, it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, like, be too hyperbolic, but, like, a spiritual successor to Odyssey... Like, but now he's in the human brain. Like, I, I absolutely love the voice of STEM throughout this movie. And it starts here. It's pretty freaking great, guys. Huge proponent of this. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy, Simon Maiden. I haven't seen anything else he's done, but yeah, I like his voice a lot. Are you guys not buying this, Pappy? Are you not here with me? I love it. I loved it, too. And, like, I was listening to interviews, um, and I guess they actually had that Simon guy on set. And so he would be in like a different room, like talking to like a walkie talkie basically. And only I should say his real name, Logan Marshall green could like hear him in his ear. So like the, like the director didn't want to do like a voiceover or anything. He wanted it to be like authentic. So a lot of that was like the first like actual audio of them, like interacting with each other. I, I, I'm with you, Josh. I think it works really well. Um, and this is like supposed to be pushing him to like the psychological brink. Right. And you could go fucking crazy. Like, I would never do that Neuralink shit. Ever, ever, ever. That seems insane. But you can get Spotify in your brain. Yeah. Don't you want that? Are you saying you wouldn't do that? To be able that? to walk again? Well, what are yeah, you talking I mean, about? In his situation, I, what's what's there to lose? <sighs> Maybe not in his situation, but like also the guy didn't tell him it was going to talk to him, like he says later in the movie. Well, so strangely. I, he says he didn't know, but that's something that you should know. If the thing is capable of yeah. <laughs> talking to your own brain, you should know about that before. You should let a guy know. You've ridden in the car that drives you. It talks to you. Now you got the body that walks for you, and it talks to you. Clap on, clap off. So, yeah, he 
Gray has every right to think that, like, maybe he died and this is all a manifestation in his mind, or he's gone crazy, but Stem, like, reassures him that, no, I can talk to you, and uh, Gray has to verbally talk back in order for Stem to hear him, so that's why Gray is never silent and, like, just thinking the words in his own head. Classic Hal maneuver at the beginning. He's like, I don't want you to talk anymore, Stem. And so Stem, like, just stops talking. Liter- yeah, he's very literal. Mm-hmm. And so it it's one of those, like, rules of robotics, isn't it, Pappy? Like, you have to listen to... Uh, man, it's been a while since I've read it's like sci-fi. It's the three laws stuff. of cybernetics or something like that. Yeah. Stem has that arc of, like, really being loyal and true and kind of slowly slipping in different ways throughout the movie. It's pretty cool stuff. You have to keep in mind, too, this is all Stem's plan unfolding, right? So, like, he lets Gray think that he's in control at the beginning. You know, like, all right, I'll stop talking. But then he knows this information is going to be too spicy for him (laughs) to, like, turn down. (laughs) I think he is in control until the things are taken off. Mm -hmm, Until the input guards are removed? No, he is. Yeah. This is all it means to an end to get to that point, which yeah, you probably could have gotten there a little bit sooner, but yeah, besides it, the point. I know we'll get to there, but does it make sense that he went to the bar and didn't convince him to go see Jamie first? Wouldn't that have benefited him more? A hundred percent, because he knows he's got to sh- get shut down. He should go to yeah. see Jamie right then. Plus, I saw on IMDb, like, he could have easily taken over and written that on his arm a lot faster. Yeah. But anyway... We'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah, so, like, their first interaction goes pretty well in terms of, like, finding new information about this murder case uh, of his wife. Uh, they immediately identify uh, a man named Cirque, who uh, Gray then tracks down and breaks into his house, where he finds more evidence. He's a good Catholic boy. Cirque. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good boy. He ends up going through his messages, and that's where they find out about the bar. Stem is kind of guiding him through all of the necessary things to leave like as little evidence as possible, which is really cool. Because Stem is so smart, he knows like everything that he's touched, uh, so he knows to wipe it down. And he ends up running into Cirque, and they end up getting in a pretty crazy fight. And this is like kind of where we first see the capabilities of Stem. Stevie, what is Stem capable of? Murder. Um, <laughs> yeah, like very efficiently. <laughs> like Stem is like you know that scene in the Matrix where Keanu Reeves like he gets it downloaded in his brain and he's like, I know kung fu, and him and Morpheus like go at it. Like this is what that heavy Matrix vibes. Yeah, yeah, this is what that scene reminded me of. And I do, I know Josh hates it when the camera um can kind of like rotate up and like. Remember when we talked about it in one of the Fast and Furious movies? Uh, I think it was like The Rock and Statham are going at it. And the camera does like a full like rotation. It does a semi-rotation in this one, especially when my boy Trey from the OC stands up. Why are you making me do this? Let me know if you need my help, Grace. Stop! Help! I need your permission to operate independently. Permission granted! Thank you. Very cool scene. 
What I do like about this scene, though, is when uh, Gray um, is kind of like not into the whole murder thing anymore. He thought he was all in, then he realized he wasn't. And he's in this pickle now where it's like, okay, this guy's trying to kill me, but Stem is going to defend me, but Stem is also out for blood. And he will kill this man in such a gruesome way, it'll send shockwaves throughout the city. Brett, should they have Imogen Heap song playing during this scene? That was my joke earlier that I think only Stevie got. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I didn't catch it. I'm sorry. I, it was Other people were talking. I just said, mm, what's a tray? Um, That's very great. That is very great. <laughs> I think we're better off having uh, Imogen Heap and everything. And that, so I'm okay with that, Josh. Stevie, was he ever really down with murder? He immediately wanted to go to the cops. So, like, I think he wanted justice, but Stem talked him out of it. So, I, mean, I think he kind of worked his way up to maybe thinking about that, but he just wanted them to get and justice. Like, like, I mean, John Wick would have wanted to kill everybody, but he's a little different. Yeah, John Wick is a tad different. And who's the writer and director of this movie again? Steve Winnell. I think he's a fantastic writer, fantastic director. Um, this movie, to me, at times feels tonally weird. Uh, very, like, tonally inconsistent. I think it kind of starts here. Um, and it definitely kicks off like in the next like bar, you know, bathroom area. But like, I don't know. This movie like has a shit ton of tonal shifts that I don't really like vibe with. Yeah, there's like four or five scenes where it's like, ugh, I wish it was just a different take on that or something. Yeah, whether it's like musical cues or acting and dialogue. I was talking to Pap about this earlier. This movie could have used a fuck ton more like of silence. And I don't mean that, like, in, like, pull-all sound. I mean that, like, in music-wise, like, or score-wise. Like, let's just hear what's going on in the environment and not have to hear, like, an actual score behind it. Because I think that took away from the movie a lot. This budget, though, is so small. Okay, but why is the bar scene more unbelievable than most of the sci-fi action scenes? What's it's unbelievable just bad. about it? When he's like giving the speech and yeah. everyone's like, <laughs> that's one of the tonal shifts. That's like, I thought that was funny. Are you saying it shouldn't be funny? It's just out of it's out. It's like a fish out of water scene. It makes no sense. It's not spooky. Hey, it's hey, not spooky at down. all. Calm down. You're out of line, there, pal. <laughs> we went through the streak of movies where Stevie and I said on like four movies in a row that we wish it would have had a little bit of levity in it, but. I feel like it shouldn't be coming from the main character whose wife got killed in the first scene. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. the one who's like being goofy, reacting yeah. to what STEM. He's like cracking jokes like Spider Man, and he's as he's like trying to avenge his wife's murder. I guess <laughs> in some scenes, it's kind of yeah. weird. The barkeep being silly, sure, fine. That you can have levity from that. But this dude's wife got murked. Like he shouldn't be <laughs> acting. He shouldn't be the source of comedy. He's a new man. He's got a mission. I mean, who's who's gonna make the jokes then? The barkeep, Bar- side Jamie. characters, yeah, yeah, the people he runs into along the way. Stem, you know, the people we learn to love along the way, Brett. The friends and family, the friends we made along the way, like the whole <laughs> the, the ninja joke. I am not a ninja, like that. That's, that's probably the the lowest point of the movie is when he hops over 
that guy in the in the bathroom. So you thought I was an invalid, but you didn't know that I'm a fucking ninja. <laughs> While I am state of the art gray, I am not a ninja. That's why like part of me thinks that like I understand it's like an original screenplay and like an original story and whatnot, but like part of me thinks that this script got doctored up and it went through a few hands. Cause it just some of it like really sticks out like a sore thumb. I wonder if it was like maybe too dark because the violence in here is like violent, violent. You know, I, I love that first one with, yeah, when he gets his face split open. That's great. Yeah. I'm wondering if like rewrites were like, okay, we got to, we got to dial, dial it back. back a little bit. <laughs> I had a couple jokes here. I'm curious, Josh, what did you think about the first fatality? The knife to the face. I thought of you when I rewatched this. I'm like, I feel like Josh wouldn't like that, but I fucking love it. It's not torture porn because this man isn't tortured. Okay. Right? That's progress. Yeah. I'll give this movie some props. And this is kind of like harsh, violence, surprising, shocking, fun, spooky shit out of nowhere. This is a little bit of Tarantino. This is a little bit of Saw. But not the like lasting, lingering, we're going to keep showing you the bone marrow of this person throughout the movie sort of stuff. That like, uh, I don't know, it keeps you on your toes, Pap. And it was, it was really gross though. It, to, to describe the scene, he takes like a normal knife that I would use to cut the vegetables here at the house to make some good soup. <laughs> okay. And. <laughs> <laughs> And he basically cuts the guy's like head off from like his jaw, like his, uh, he like puts it in his mouth and cuts from like there up sort of thing. Right. And it's awesome. Yeah. And it's awesome. Brad made a, uh, a great point on how he, f- <laughs> how he fights is like super efficient and just like as soon as he lets STEM take over, the fight is over fairly quickly. And, uh, that's, uh, that's another thing that like, comes into play is that for now uh gray has to grant stem permission to kind of just like overtake his body and kind of finish these guys off uh supposedly yeah Yeah. (laughs) i was watching one interview and they were showing like like when logan michael green or marshall green was developing the character and he's moving like a person dancing the robot you know what I mean? Like, that's how he's fighting. And the director was like, uh, maybe a little bit more fluid. <laughs> he's <Yeah>. like, <laughs> he made a choice. It's certainly like <laughs> distinct and just like, it, I, I like the way he, that he moves because it would just be like, oh, this is a, there's a, a robotic skeleton inside this man. It's what you, what you would think. This is a, this is a, a machine mm-hmm. with, it's Terminator is what you would think the way he's moving. Right. Yeah. I think it's, a great fight scene and like the guy he's fighting with also knows his shit, but like he's still human and he also has a fucking gun in his hand uh, because that's kind of like the stuff he gets done. He's a mercenary. All of these mercenaries that we run into have like bullets they can load into their bicep and then it shoots out through their uh, palm, which is pretty cool. Why is STEM so good at killing any person in any situation, but he can't drive like... this sorry this challenge this is up to you (laughs) sir (laughs) i can't move your arms left and right youtube tutorials driving a a manual six speed have been wiped from the internet blacklisted (laughs) 
yeah, Sir just murdered in his own home. There's an autopsy scene later on where they find all of the crazy shit that he's had upgraded to his body. I can't remember what else he had done to him, but like, I guess he's just like faster. And did they say he, have, he has two hearts or something? Or was I? He had a computer. Oh, okay. In his chest. But Josh, you mentioned this the gun arm. Ste- uh, Brett. Can you say it again? Off. Sorry, my fucking speaker. Stem? But stems after you? Off. Off. Stem. 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 No. Stem. No. Self destruct sequence. Shut the fuck up, Stem. Brett, I was going to ask you is a gun arm practical? Stevie and I got in this debate earlier today. Uh, not if you want to be able to use your hand in the future. I feel like it's so stupid. Like, like it's not even like, how would you, it's not easy to aim your palm than it is down the side of a gun. Uh, right? Like, there's no not jerking off left. I was thinking, but I mean, let's be fair. The, the Fisk is a pretty good shot. The other guy is not a good shot. So, uh, I mean, I don't think it's, it's if you can use your hand and you can get, I mean, the crazy thing is a hand's like one of the most complicated things in the world, like the human hand. I mean, it's like a network of so many things. So if you could get it to work, I guess. But, I mean, I'd rather have that cold blue steel in my hand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just don't load your bicep and flex your arms like uh, what's-his-face in Mission Impossible. <laughs> cock, your, cock your arms. Yeah, I think it's cool. But, uh, yeah, when they slice up in that one guy's, it's cool. that one guy's arm... Uh, it's it's a massacre in there. It's just like a metal rod <laughs> going into a Terminator hand, and then he's got like a bunch of. If you have trypophobia, it'd be pretty gross because he's got a bunch of holes in his hand, and it looks really. I don't know. I feel like you'd have to Vaseline that up and clean it pretty thoroughly every day, or else uh, it's going to get pretty gangrene. I I would think. Um. Pretty gross looking. So. Yeah, like you guys mentioned, they go to the bar. There's that whole scene where Gray confronts uh, another guy who was also at his wife's murder, Tolan. He does the same thing uh, that he does to Cirque. He kind of uh, just beats the shit out of him. Except this time he plays as a quadriplegic as he's going in there. So, like, I don't know. Uh, He doesn't have to pretend to be a quadriplegic as he's going in there, but I feel like he's also not helping his case because he just sticks out like a sore thumb and like, he's just like, it'd be easier if he was just a normal guy. Cause everybody could like identify the man rolling around in a, a yeah. I thought I just felt like he was, he thought it was a better chance to get information without hurting anybody. But I mean, I guess I'm alone in that and it didn't work. Obviously the guy wasn't going to talk. Until he got tortured to death. This is where I think the movie started to lose a little bit of its footing. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair. Aha! <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, just Dark. with kind of like the <laughs> comedic aspect of it. And just kind of, um, you know, Logan Marshall Green's demeanor in, in these scenes. It just, I don't know, it felt very weird. It's the bar scene. <sighs> It's weird. He's supposed to be like a more timid, socially awkward character, maybe, but like it doesn't make sense for this like masculine guy who drinks a like a victory beer after he drops the engine in a car to be like, please raise your hand and step forward. Like I, I, I just, it can't be like what he thinks is going to happen, Brett. You know what I mean, right? Like, is he stupid? I just feel like there's probably one real killer in that room, and he wanted to draw that person out. I don't know. 
I feel, it worked because the guy laughed at him and was he was not threatened and completely let his guard down. Yeah, it worked, Pat. Worked. That's my only thing is I feel like he was maybe trying to get that guy to let his guard down because if he comes in looking like a freaking mercenary, the guy is never going to do anything. Everyone's going to be scared, but he draws the guy out by being completely helpless and being really bold. I don't know. That's just how I saw it, but that's just one. That's just like my opinion, man. I know that some scumbag in here knows one of the guys who murdered my wife. His name's Cirque Brantner. So if you know Cirque or if you know any information about the killing of my wife, if you could just raise your hand and uh, you know, stand up and come forward. What does he do to torture that guy? He, like, circumcises his <laughs> face? Yeah, he, I don't know. He, like, slays him or something. I don't know. Uh, it's not good. Yeah, I wish it was a little clearer on what he did, but I mean, he essentially just like slices him up so many times. You just hear the knife going to work on his face. And the guy screaming in the background. Wait, no, like really, what do you guys think he did? Because like, is he de-skinning him and then kind of laying the skin back on top for a camera shot? What's happening here? It's just little, it's just little like paper cuts? Yeah, death by a thousand cuts. Oh, there four or five torture methods. I learned that from the show Angel, and Shark is one of them, so I think maybe just little cuts like that. Wait, what do you mean, Brett? What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, she tortures someone in the show Angel, and she, she goes through like, she said like four or five torture types. It's like hot, cold, sharp, dull, and I can't think of the other one. Psychological? Yeah, that might be it. That Yeah, but you know, they all have their different, you know, they all feel different in awful, awful ways. So, I don't know, maybe he just was using sharp or something. I don't know. <sighs> Pretty spooky. Ooh. Uh, yeah, Josh, uh, what kind of info does you get out of him after these thousand cuts? He gets the name Musk. Elon <laughs> Musk. <laughs> no, it's it's actually Fisk. He says the name Fisk. Elon Fisk. But there's like that real cold line by by Stem. He's like, "What's his name? Trey from the OC." He's like, "You you did you did too much. This guy's almost dead already." And Stem's like, "But he will answer any question you ask, sir." And he asks him his yeah, name. He, he went from he says his to name. Turkish. <laughs> Well, whatever. <laughs> this is a Persian man. A Persian AI now. <laughs> he says his name, and then he asks him, like, who did it? And he says that. And I, I think he even starts... Does he start to get to the point where he's like, it was a job here as well? Yeah. So it's to kind of figure that out, too. Okay, enough, Stem. Stem, enough! You now have full control again, Gray. He will now answer any question you ask him. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's uh, a job. L- lots more secrets. He just kind of finds out the name of another man that he then ends up chasing, who is Fisk. Uh, well, he doesn't end up chasing him right away, but just he's got more info on uh, who that guy works for, Tolan, who's now dead. Um, Stem went too hard with the torture he dies like immediately afterwards and then 
Gray uh, kind of rolls out of the bathroom. Uh, everybody is kind of just like, what the fuck just happened in there? Because they heard somebody getting beat up and tortured. <laughs> uh, but Gray is the one that uh, emerges from the bathroom. So at this point, I think Stem has like warned Gray that Eron, Aaron, uh, is now trying to shut down Stem remotely because he's been tracking him this whole time. He's mentioned that he's been following him. And he's already seen the first murder. Uh, we just kind of skipped that interaction. But um, <laughs> Aaron just doesn't want anything to get out about info to get out about STEM because it's whatever they did was illegal. So he's all these NDAs or whatever. He wants to hold Logan Marshall Green accountable. Yeah, but that takes place way too fast. Did anyone else get bothered by that? Like our Elon Musk character. He's so on his side. He's like, I want to help you with your wife and stuff. And the, the, the immediate, like the first time he breaks any rule, he's like screaming at him and saying like, the next time you do this, I'm shutting it all down. I thought that arc should have like played out a little bit more smoothly. But also remember, he's like absolutely terrified of that AI. I don't understand how that would work with a second watching. But Stem's not talking to him at this point, right? Like he's lost track of Stem. Since he put him in gray. I just think he's scared of what he's capable of. I mean, because remember he says he's eventually going to go back. The end game for Stem is to kill Aaron. I guess how would you wanted to have seen that play out, Josh? I I have more of a problem with it when it's like, I I don't know, like when they're saying the people with guns and the hacker and all that stuff. Like, I don't, that feels a little bit rushed to me, but like what would have been better for that character are you feeling this at all stevie like i feel like aaron in the course of this movie should have been like i know your wife was lost and that's terrible i will send guys and have them on the case like take it easy not just like don't do anything about this what he's in bed with stem though well he is stem aaron is stem so why would he do that this is where like, the movie kind of loses me a little bit because, like, Fisk is stem, Eron is stem, you know, Gray is stem. It just seems a little, I would say, convoluted at times, especially with the fact that, like, Eron is, like, trying to shut you down, this, that, and the other. Like, is it Aaron? What? Is it Aaron or Eron? I'm just calling him Eron. Eron Eron Musk, I gotcha. Eron Musk. (laughs) Eron's like, like, Eron's trying to shove us down. Like, get to the hackers. Like, it's just, like, if you watch it as, like, a second viewing, it doesn't work. He should have went to the hackers way earlier. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like Brett said a long time ago, like, before he goes to the bar, he knows he's going to try and shut him down. He had to at least have waited for Aaron to threaten him or start to try like he couldn't just go right away but he had to at least wait for Aaron to say oh yeah I can control them remotely I don't know because he didn't want to tip him off even though Gray is not exactly the smartest person in the world but yeah that's the one plot hole that I had I mean it didn't bother me obviously because it works out it, you get some cool stuff in the I, I guess VR in the future is supposed to be like meth and heroin is that like kind of what the parallels are for that? Yeah, they all, all look like they're kind of playing Fortnite or something, but they're in there for <laughs> weeks, apparently. 
leveling up that battle pass. Uh, and yeah, dang. <laughs> the the hacker uh, mentions that yeah, it's VR. Um, Stevie, what's this hacker woman like? Woman, Jamie. That's not my name. I don't have a name. Okay. Please don't ask my gender. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that. Good. The thing is, is that I, I'm going to need you to do this as fast as possible. Okay. You're the one wasting time putting me in a binary box. Don't put her in a binary box, all right? Mikey already did. They are very um, cliche when it comes to what you'd expect a hacker to be in a movie. Um, I understand this movie has a small budget. Yeah, just like your typical... Well, do you guys remember the AMC show uh, about like computers and stuff like that coming out of the valley? Catch um, Fire? Catch Fire, yeah. Like that, that girl reminded me of uh, the girl from that. Um, but it just, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like one of those like, against time things where, you know, we think that, you know, um, Rob Barty, uh, is uh, running out of time to get the safeguards off. Yeah. Fist coming after him. Fist goons as well. You know, his goons with him and, you know, only getting the safeguards off, you know, so much or, you know, I guess they updated so much until, our cliche hackers like we can't let them win. We must unite and stand and whisks away into the wind. That was a weird line that like never came back to anything. No, it didn't come back to a damn thing. Was she like against vessel in her own way that we're supposed to take away from that or just corporations, these corporations in general? I think they are against the man. Uh, I feel like they wanted a whole universe out of this movie. (laughs) I feel like they would not have been opposed. Did you guys see the special character on the wall when they were walking up? Wally? The guy from Saw? Yeah, Jigsaw. Oh, gotcha. Well, one of the names on the apartment is Jay Wan when he's like scrolling yeah. through the Oh, nice. The yeah, so like we said, Fisk shows up at this bar, or I don't know if we mentioned this, but Fisk shows up. This is like our first kind of scene with him, I guess, uh, extended scene with him. And what kind of stuff is he capable of, Brett? How does he get rid of this uh, bartender that kind of hmm. is not approved of cyborg-like people. He sneezes some uh, machine COVID into his nose, and it, like, I don't know what it does to him. He, I thought it was some virus, but, it, like, it's more like a machine computer virus that takes over his body. I, I don't really know. Sneezes a bunch of razor blades and it goes in his brain or something. Nanobots. The nanobots are simultaneously the most ridiculous but best part of the movie. I love it so much. It's so out there. I thought it looked cool. Um, Other than that, like... uh, You like him saying achoo and killing him? Achoo. Bless you. Achoo! Excuse me. That was not the best part of the movie, Pap. Why do you say so? I don't know. Stevie, did you like the nanobots? I liked them. He reminded me of the movie Wanted. Uh, what was the movie with uh, James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie? Um, yeah, Wanted. Wanted, yeah. It reminded me of Wanted, which is not something I wanted to see in this movie. Um, <laughs> slow-mo, super close-up. Slow-mo, super close-up. Uh, you, know, you know, cheesy dickhead grin after killing somebody. Just... Oh, yeah. Let's describe this guy who plays 
uh, Fisk. He's a bit of a uh, he's a hipster from New York. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of a he, he's a uh, New York hipster. What's the? He's kind of a discount Jackie Earl. Yes, Jackie Earl Haley. There we go. Uh, I was gonna say discount John Waters. <laughs> there you guy. go. Yeah, like um, now I understand. I kind of like them to be honest with you. He's kind of like certainly him. like he fits the bill of this character, like a uh, kind of machinic, like a uh, robotic, possibly Canadian. <laughs> I think they're they're all Australian guys. <laughs> this movie was shot in Australia. Listen, Fisk, just leave. I'll clean up your goddamn mess. You'll get one shot. It's okay, my friend. You don't have to take any more bullets from me. Brett. Yeah. Uh, what happens when Fisk and Gray meet up for the second time? Well, they talk and he gets more information and then they fight, but it's like the first time that Stem isn't like three steps ahead of his opponent. He's actually behind and he basically loses the fight and it's about to get killed. And I thought this was kind of cool, like to go back to what we were talking about earlier about machines have taken over, uh, like uh, AI has taken over, and people are like second class citizens. But what gets them out of it is using good old fashioned human emotion um, that gets right through the other guys. These guys mostly machine, but he still has human in him, which is kind of the point that Stem's making throughout the whole thing. Like the whole reason he's doing that is because. These people might be upgraded humans, but they're still humans. So uh, he ends up being like, you know, it's a little cliche, I guess. But like the, oh, your brother squealed. Where do we hear that? We hear that all the time. Like deliverance? Like, what do you mean? Like, just. Well, he uses the, you talking about. Cirque was his brother. And he. Yeah, Cirque was his brother. So he uses like, oh, I killed your brother. Oh, I did. I, I took care of that for you. He must have been an embarrassment. You know, he's trying to get a rise out of him, which Stem's obviously not capable of doing, I guess. But so he ends up saving himself. You dirty rat. You killed my brother. That must be Splinter's favorite. It was a joke. Uh, but actually, that's a little bit like just maybe like 10 minutes ahead of where we're at, Brad. This is where the, they run oh, through sorry, this crazy apartment building and like shoot at each other all the way. Oh, the guy's yeah. head blows up. That was my favorite kill of the whole movie. Uh, yeah, that was really gross and pretty cool effect. My bad, my bad. 10, 15 minutes later, right after that is what you say happens. And yeah, uh, you want to describe how Fisk dies? Uh, I kind of did, right? Yeah, uh, like you said, he distracts him. I don't remember what he, what he, what does he end up getting him with? Like he kills him really quickly. Glass on the floor yeah. or something? Smashes his head on a piece of glass. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he smashed him down on uh, something that broke earlier when they were fighting. I didn't ruin your life. I gave you a gift. I inducted you into my race. The upgraded. Now you're better than everyone else. Stronger. Faster. I could kill you without moving a muscle. I could kill you with a breath. But I don't want to. I want to help you. I want you to stand with us. This could have killed him here, right? Multiple times. Yeah. The movie is trying to say something. Like this is this is like one AI trying to like connect to another AI. 
Is that what it is? Well, he's trying to get that guy on his side. He thinks that that's what he was there for. Because uh, that's what he was told. He, he was told that they were going to upgrade this human and he was going to be one of them. But I think he's a pawn just like everybody else in STEM's ultimate plan. So I, I'm picking up what Stevie was putting down a little bit ago where it's like there's a lot happening in this part of the movie. You got the whole hacker chick saying we can't let them win. We don't know who them is. And then we're talking about the upgraded people. There's a lot of like factions in this world, which don't really get explained. Well, the only thing that I don't understand is why do they, why does Fisk kill the vassal people that he's supposedly working for? Why does who? He kills, he, uh, Fisk kills Aaron's two cronies that he sent. Remember with the guns, they're coming through, they kept, they get out of the vassal or vessel van. Yeah. Mm. No, I did think why? that was funny because there's so much build up to it, and then he ends up just like heat scoping. Yeah, no, I, I just don't get why he would kill them <laughs> when they're there to. Yeah, there's a lot of like infighting within this group of guys that apparently all work together, or maybe they just don't know the deal. Are there multiple stems? Is stem one being? Is it many beings? There's one stem. That's why just he wants one. to kill Elon because Elon could make another stem. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Then what does Fisk have? Fisk is just. It can only be one stem lander. Implants from the place that (laughs) Asha works at. Fisk Mm. is a side quest before you fight the final boss. He has his own little faction. Remember uh, Stevie during the autopsy when the guy's like, this guy's got microchips in it, like all over his body. Yeah. But I think basically what uh, Elon Musk says that like his invention (laughs) is way more advanced that you only really need it on the brain stem or the. Mm-hmm. whatever so Brett saying that name is dangerously close to my Japanese accent I wasn't going to say it I wasn't going to say that <laughs> dangerously close that's for people to if they want to to like take that leap they can but that's not what I was going for uh yeah we got a little bit out of order but it's fine um yeah but no it's fine uh Gray goes home his mom sees him in the doorway he's covered in blood he tells her to keep a secret or it's going to be taken away Cortez shows up. She's asking a bunch of questions like, where have you been? There's been evidence of Grey at these, at like every single place these guys have been murdered. Uh, but there's still like no evidence uh, that he committed anything. Cortez doesn't trust him. So she wiretaps him, uh, puts a wire in his jacket. And uh, what does she end up hearing, Stevie? What uh, on the way uh, to, I guess this is where we would end up killing Fisk. <laughs> <laughs> I love the you kind of talking about like when the mom's talking to him. Yeah, I, I kind of love the part when she's just like, "You're not telling me what's going on anymore." You come home, you're covered in blood. <laughs> like, I was like, "Shut <laughs> up, you mom! You see that? You're blowing it. <laughs> Don't shut me out. I'm your mother." Like, <laughs> yeah, it uh. I do like this movie a lot, and I know like I'm kind of nitpicking, but classic Stevie. It just seems a tad simplistic for a cop just to drop a wire and not to have like the most advanced, you know, <laughs> software in the world. If it was advanced, STEM would have picked it up right away. Now that she didn't know that, but it worked out in her favor. This missing this movie is totally missing a scene where Cortez goes rogue. 
Like she needs to have yeah. like some like confrontation with like her boss. She's like, no, I know the computer says it's not this guy, but I know it's this guy. Like deep down, just the way he was acting, type thing. Because like, why is she not calling for backup? How is she like illegally <laughs> spying on this person? Like she's off by herself in this police chase. She never like radios it in or anything. And also, like in this future, it literally deters cops from going rogue by saying not a suspect. Mm-hmm. Like. On that computer screen, it's very evident, not a suspect, which means go elsewhere, leave these people alone. You know, you're investigating, a, you know, just pretty much an innocent civilian according to their, I guess you say, algorithms again, and math. Though, again, though, they're kind of showing that computers aren't always right. So, like, she's using human intuition, which I think is an underlying theme this movie. It's a fireable Personal offense, Brett. Well, don't get me wrong. I got furious when she came. No to the house need said, for rogue cops in this department. I hated law enforcement override. I hated that. It made me so mad. She doesn't even need to be rogue. She was following this, like, what is it, Thunderbird or whatever? It passed the car on the right. She tried to pull it over and it ran. Like, then she yeah. can call in backup at that point. I don't. What, why does she not? I just find it really interesting that Stevie and Pappy, like me, were kind of looking for something more during this particular part of the movie with this detective and that's where your mind went and my mind went when she is first talking to or sorry when she's first listening in on him and he's like talking to stem and stuff and she's listening in on that i could have sworn and i don't know if it was a movie mistake or just the way i read it i thought he was speaking all of stem's lines out loud and so I thought it was this little thing where she was like hearing this man going crazy, but that was the only like viewers window into the man being crazy because otherwise we just think it's a AI in his head. And I thought that was like a cool turn in the movie. And then I realized I just made like an audio mistake or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. That cool does too. not happen. Correct. It correct. doesn't happen though. No, it doesn't. Happen. What's going on? I'm not doing anything. Why can't I move? Because I'm not doing anything. You are still a quadriplegic. I am the one controlling your limbs, not you. If I cease to operate, you cease to move. Remember, you have to do whatever I tell you to do. Yeah, like we said, they end up getting in a car chasing and she hears... She hears Gray mentioning STEM. She's got it in a little notepad. Who is STEM? <laughs> like, what is STEM? She's trying to piece together uh, all of these these clues that she's now gathered up. And this guy, I mean, from her point of view, this guy is talking crazy to, just to himself. So she's like pretty suspicious of him now at this point. I will say for a $5 million budget movie, pretty good car chase scene. Oh, I, I thought it says $3 million on Wikipedia. Even I thought, though, it was so $3 million. Million. I thought it was nine million. Maybe that's Australian dollars. But either way, like I think this like looks pretty good for how low the budget is. And yeah, I think um they keep showing like some golden car as well. Looks like it has solar panels all over it. That's like clearly an original idea by someone on this movie. So it looks pretty cool. Um yeah, cool car chase scene. Uh, and Gray ends up getting away by, by STEM forcing, uh, an AI controlled car to crash into, uh, Detective Cortez's car. She, it gets just obliterated. She doesn't die somehow. Uh, I'm assuming the businessman in the AI car just, uh, is flopping all over his, 
he's his dead. car, and he's dead for sure. He's dead. What a weird scene. How does she not get obliterated here? Hit hit the passenger side. She's good. She's got the same car that Dom jumps off the cliff with. <laughs> right. She's got reinforced bars and stuff. Uh, but Greg gets away, and first stop is Aaron's house. Well, uh, actually, this is where we would talk about the Fisk fight, but we've already done that. Uh, but we also learned that Fisk was paid by Aaron to do this whole crazy setup uh, to, I don't know if killing his wife was part of it, but at least to paralyze Gray. And it was part so of he, it. So he would be desperate enough to go to him to get STEM. I just want to say one thing about the fist fight, though, before we move on. I This movie has a lot of like bad guys monologuing, and I kind of hate that like Fisk has him like, dead to rights with his handgun literal handgun like staring down him and like the only reason he's able to beat him is that he riles him up you know what i mean like why would fist like he makes fist so mad that he decides to punch him and not shoot him that human doesn't really emotions he's got human emotions but like when it if you were gonna kill someone brett would you punch him or shoot him like well he probably wants to make him pay it's about justice it's a lot to read into. Human emotion <laughs> makes you, like, do stupid crap. Goodbye. With Fisk Brantner. Sir Brantner. We shoot brother. I want you to have to carry that junkie on your back. Well, I solved your problem for you. Yeah, split him open. It took forever, because he wailed like a little baby. There was no soldier that day. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's such a... A bad guy trope. I do agree that yeah, maybe something trophy. else could have been done, but I'm that's what's so we, cool about like are. the Incredibles. Oh, you got me monologuing. I'm like, it happens. Uh, I think it'd be worse if, like, in the end, Gray gets everything that he wants, but he clearly does not. By the time we get to the end of this movie, uh, so like I said, he learns all that info. He's now headed straight to Aaron's house to confront him about why he did all this crazy stuff. Uh, to him, to him and his wife, and so he gets there. Uh, pretty cool little scene when he shows up uh, to the entrance, and then is like not even looking and shoots two guards in the head uh, because Stem just kind of controls him at this point. Um, and he ends up confronting Aaron. Josh, what do they say to each other? This is where the big Kaiser Soul say reveal happens, Mikey. It's been STEM the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Hal has organized this whole thing from the beginning. He's been speaking in Elon Musk's ear since that hospital scene <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. He's just playing on people's emotions. And frankly, for our main character, STEM had... Him paralyzed and his wife killed. That's just not acceptable. It's not cool. It's not good behavior. AI is evil, man. I can't. I mean, this is what we're going towards. Skynet. Uh, Gray, he is finally putting all of these pieces together and he's standing right over uh, Cortez, who's trying to make her way down there and she gets flipped around. She gets knocked out and beat up and. Gray is pointing a gun at her, and he's trying to take back control of his own hand. And Stevie, does he take back control? What happens? Puts a knife through his hand. Um, 
essentially it was hinted at in the beginning of the movie, but we finally get what was actually clever to do, which is the breaking of Gray's mind. And because, you know, those safeguards were taken off and because his mind is now broken, there is no more Gray. He is sitting at the far, far, you know, back of the room while Stem runs the show. And that's when our, you know, our favorite detective of the city gets blasted. Yeah. She um, pleads with uh, what she thinks is Gray, but... There is no Gray. (laughs) Gray has taken his knife hand and killed Aaron and then turned around, pointed the gun at Cortez. And Gray is fighting with his minds and he thinks he shoots himself in the neck, uh, but he ends up, I guess, not shooting at all or whatever, but Stem puts Gray in a mind trap inside his own, inside his dream, inside his own mind where he thinks he's waking up after the car crash and uh, is greeted by his still alive wife, uh, which of course is not true. What's that um, love death and robots uh, skit called Mikey? Uh, the Aquila drift. Yeah. The rift. Yeah. Aquila the Aquila rift. rift. Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's like also my favorite episode of that too. It's not a terrible place to be, to be honest with you though. You're right. I guess for better than the alternative. I guess for Gray, this is the best possible outcome. But definitely, no. There's like, mm, I think there's like a little look on his face to tell that he kind of like knows this isn't real or something. Like, I don't think this is great for him to be hanging out with this fake wife with a broken mind, killing people. I don't think this is like Cypher just eating steak in a world of bliss, I guess. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know. It's a little different than that. That bloody it's steak. definitely different. He doesn't know what's going on. Whatever's going on in his brain, I'm sure just absolute hell is being caused outside. Oh, he's immediately going to go kill his mom. Why do you keep saying that, Brett? Because she uh, broke the NDA. He's going to kill everybody. Aaron, but Aaron cares about that, not the AI. A, I think he does. Brett thinks Stem's first move as a fully functional human is to go kill the mom. <laughs> Just yeah, go that's like his first vendetta. <laughs> Pamela must die. You broke the NDA. Dude, well, that's part two. <laughs> as of last year, they were in the developing a series as a sequel. <sighs> a show? Yeah, like a Netflix-type series. Man. Who has it? I don't know. I don't know how far it's gone. He didn't write it for that, but that's just kind of what it's supposed to be a few years later. Do you guys remember Animorphs? It's kind of like what oh, Stem yeah. is like. He could he could just crawl <laughs> in your ear like the Yerks and just start controlling your shit. He could create like little copies of himself, little minions. That's a deep cut. I just remember the book covers with the yeah, people too, like a dolphin. Yeah. I don't, I didn't, other than that, that's like the most I know about it. Uh, so yeah, that's the end of the movie. You guys got any final thoughts? Besides the Animorphs? Bes- I, I'm, I'm hoping that gets cut. I really <laughs> hope that doesn't make yet. <laughs> I like, I've never heard this before, but, um, the bit of trivia on the fight scenes about how he stays in the middle of the screen all the time. Did he like read how, that was supposedly done. 
Something with a cell phone in his pocket or something? Yeah, they put a cell phone in his pocket and the camera could pair to it. That's cool. Could follow it like as accurately as possible. That's why he's always in the center when they're fighting. Hmm. Thought that was pretty cool, pretty creative. Never heard of that. I thought the scene where they crash and he goes flying and it hits the glass or shatters, but it immediately goes to like uh, cyberspace type looking thing. I thought that was really cool looking. And again, like Pappy said, for a budget of $3 million, it looks pretty cool. Seems pretty well done, in my opinion. One final thought that I wanted to get back to. The police are totally incompetent. Like, and that's I, that's a big problem that I have with this. Because it's like two pieces of evidence that they never address again. One, the car was fucking hacked. Like, they never, like, look into that. They never, like, discuss that again. That's never, like, a thing they talk about. Like, these people were assassinated. And two, like, he wasn't shot with a gun in the neck. Like, how does he not know that he wasn't shot with a gun in the back of the neck? Like, wouldn't they tell you that at some point? Yeah, again, I think we kind of talked about that earlier. They're not very... If their their computers aren't finding everything, they're just... I don't know. Not yeah. very good, I mean, like computer, you Like, you're taking them to the hospital. It's like, were you shot with a gun? No, it's like some medical... Thing. I think that also, like, comes with the genre in terms of, like... Uh, just like, right? yeah, just like incompetency in authority, uh, just like corporations control everything. You're never going to get a straight answer out of anybody kind of stuff, but I don't know that they are pretty dumb though. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like the Fisk says, yeah, I, I severed your spine with a bovine, whatever it is or whatever that is used in. No country for old men type thing. It's like, yeah, that should probably the cop should know that there's no bullet. Sky, I don't know. We're dealing with something else other than just a hijacking or a carjacking or something. I guess <laughs> that's the plot hole I was teasing earlier. Is that like if Fisk really just wanted to paralyze this guy, and the wife was just an extra job? Why shoot her in the chest and talk shit to her and kind of torture her in a way? Like, because everyone monologues in this movie. I thought, I thought it was just because he showed they showed disdain for humans the whole time. Those those people. I guess it's that, and I guess maybe like Stem's plan was to get her to die slowly in front of her watching husband. So like, the show was for her to probably not die quick to make sure he saw it or something is probably how the order was carried out stem knew they were going to be extra horny that night and start making out in the car and that there would only be time to buckle her in so it would play out exactly (laughs) like it did it calculated down in the minute uh stem signaled pinged his bionic uh penis and (laughs) knew what was happening (laughs) stem is just like sauron basically He's slowly gathering his power. He's just like a shadow right now, you know? Uh, any more final thoughts, or are you guys ready for trivia? <laughs> yes or no's. Oh, yes or no's, yeah. Uh, which way you guys want to go? Same way? Same way. Uh, yes, I'm a super hard yes. Like I said, I like this movie a whole lot. Great set design. One of my favorite cyberpunk genre films. I probably like it more than OG Blade Runner. It's just more... Uh, exciting and fun to watch um, great practical effects love all the gore in this 
And I really dig that the bad guy, quote unquote, wins in the ending. Uh, Stem just takes full control of Gray's body and ends up walking straight out the door. Uh, I love that kind of ambiguity to the ending. It's clearly not uh, a happy one either. So I thought that was great. Super hard yes for me. Uh, Love this movie. Who's next? Stevie? Um, hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm going to give... Man. I almost want to pass at this moment. Um, I know, this is spooky of me. Pass. I'm going to give this like a crazy soft yes. Just for the simple fact that it's not a Marvel movie. In that, you know, it was written and directed by the same person, which goes a long way for me because... You know, that's a that's a vision. Someone's vision going up from paper to screen, you know, by their own doing. So I give him credit for that. I'm not a huge fan of Logan Marshall Green. Um he's kinda like Tom Hardy Light, or as I call him Rob Barty. Um Yeah, uh but I do like a lot that this movie has to offer. Uh just some things kinda drive me nuts and the story is little up its own ass at times and um kind of bums me out that they're looking at making a tv series or a sequel for this and we still haven't gotten the sequel to jumper um but <laughs> give it up dude. that's a that's a pod for another day so um i'll give this a soft yes i will give this just a regular normal yes um a couple of things we didn't talk about the lighting is really great in this and I appreciate that a lot. And then one thing we did talk about, like, yeah, this is just a great original concept, like Stevie was saying. I do think this could also, like, almost play as an origin villain story in a lot of ways. Um, and, like, I do kind of think, like, I listened to an interview with Lee Whannell and he was like, no, I don't plan on making this a franchise. But, like, this is also the dude who's, like, buddies with the guy who did all the fast and furious movies he was part of saw like he did the invisible man which was like invisible man is like awesome. the, yeah it is yeah great movie so it's like but he's not like opposed to these like franchise things so, like I, I feel like it's gonna be the show's gonna be lackluster at best but i think this did catch people off guard um you've already listened to this podcast but i'd say yeah go in blind when you show someone so show someone um that's the way i saw it that it was with mikey i thought i was seeing a tom hardy movie and <laughs> realized i wasn't uh once i got in there um but for what it is it's a solid it's a solid movie uh, i appreciate it josh i have a pretty lame yes or no i guess it's just a pretty solid yes um i enjoy tom hardy light <laughs> a lot actually <laughs> and <laughs> This kind of took me back to just like reading an original sci-fi story in my free time. I used to do that when I was like in high school and college. A younger man, I would read. And this reminds me of reading a short story and it's just kind of enriching. And I really appreciate that. And I'll give it a solid, solid yes for that. Brett. Uh, yeah, this is like a, actually a hard, hard yes for me. I thought, <laughs> like, I'm, I was okay to talk with you guys all through the problems you have with it, but I didn't really have any problems with it. I actually reached out to Mikey before the podcast, uh, known rival Mikey, to tell them Whoa. this movie rules. 
Like, I think this movie's awesome. I'm with Josh. I like, uh, I don't know his name. Uh, Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. Tom Hardy Light. Yeah, I like him in this movie. I, I had actually typed out to Mikey and then I deleted it because I don't know if it made sense, but it almost seemed like a parody of a sci-fi movie in a way. That's why I didn't like it take... I didn't have any problems with dialogue or tone. I just thought it was a really fun movie. I thought the action scenes were really cool. I just really, really liked it. And uh, I, that's all I have to say about that. Nice. So five yeses. That is a spooky stuff. That is uh, what kind of uh, protein shake is that, Mikey? Ooh, that's... Kale? Mm. No, I'm just kidding. Something good. That's a fresh... 3D printed pizza right out of the, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's better. right off the printer. Yeah, so I'm glad you guys like that. Uh, it's very mildly spooky, but uh, I'm sure you guys are going to choose much scarier stuff uh, as the month progresses. So uh, it's kind of the start of spooky spoilers here. Uh, we've got one more thing to get through. Trivia, which will determine uh, who hosts next week. So... If you guys want to start now or you guys want to take a break, uh, I, I could use a P if you don't mind. All right. Is that cool so, with everybody else? Take two. We could just not do trivia. <laughs> yo, yo, Mikey, give me two. Okay. What would you have us do, Josh? Subjective trivia. Nah, just draw a card. Draw There's no a fun card. in that. Draw a card? That'd be very exciting. You're the one that has the crazy trivia. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait for your trivia, Mikey. Just joking. Trivia's great. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. He will now answer any question you ask him. Brother Brian. Cirque Brantner. We shoot brother. Druid King. I'm a fucking ninja. Nick. You'll get one shot. The Meg. Now you're better than everyone else. David. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Nurse Stacy. What you say? The wolf. Ow, ow, ow. I am putting myself to the fullest possible use, which is all I think that any conscious entity can ever hope to do. Barky 420. We can't let them win. No! Who's them? What are you talking about? Davey Kerr. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Total movie recall. Goodbye. PK. It's my cloud. Spencer. Upgrade. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Oh, I don't know what to pick. Stevie's feeling confident. No. I'm back. Brett's back? Yep, back. All right. right. You guys ready for the trivia? Real quick. I hate trivia just as much as Josh is putting on Yay. for the show. Uh, I know he secretly likes trivia a whole lot. No! This is a, <laughs> he does. This is a quick one. Uh, the song Smokestack Lightning, which is used at the beginning of the movie, is yep. written by the artist known as Howlin' Wolf. 
What year was this Wolfman born? You know the game. Closest two wins. Don't know the order though. If anybody has that handy. Uh, most recent to least recent host. I gotta be. Could least you recent, could right? you sing a bar of the song just to remind us which song Ooh. that is? Stevie with Forgetting Sarah Marshall, the Me with Avatar, Josh, Children of Men, then Brett and the Schneid with Good Son. All right, so Brett, you want to go first? Want to just guess the year? He was no, born? I'd go. I'd rather go last. Stevie would be first then. Um, just the year he was born. Yep. Oh, let's go. Yeah, let's go pre-depression. Let's go. 1926, Alex. 1940. I might be way off. Josh? I'll go with 1930. Dun, dun, dun. 1925. Oh, damn it. Actual retail price. June 10th, 1910. Damn. Your yep. winner is Brett. I knew he was old. I've listened to a couple of his albums with, on my list. Nice. How do you have an album if you're that old? Well, I mean... You know, he didn't make an album when he came out the womb. Josh, I listened to a, an album of 1920s folk songs. It was the worst three hours of my life. <laughs> yeah, when you said 1910, I was thinking that's when the album was made, but it's when he was born. <laughs> I pulled out it. the old I wax see. cylinder and put that baby up <laughs> to max value. <laughs> I have a movie picked out, by the way. You ready to go now? All right. I uh, actually... She'll, uh, I, my wife picked this one, and I'm excited. I'm scared of what it's going to be like. Um, but we are going to do the spooky movie, Teeth. Teeth? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be bad. <laughs> 2007's Teeth. Okay, uh, do you guys know what it is? Yes. Josh might have to yes. sit this one out. <laughs> didn't, didn't, uh, Drew Rockland tell us about this? Best friend Drew? It might be. It says, fair warning, Teeth explores a lot of campy territory. Oh, no, we have to talk about that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty... Genitalia-centric. Yeah. It's like species it, on steroids. Yeah, yeah, Pappy. Pretend the other lips had teeth, too. Oh. <laughs> God damn it, Josh. <laughs> razor, <laughs> razor, <laughs> razor sharp labia. Oh, That's my it. goodness. <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah. All right. Well, what a way to end this first episode episode of Spooky Spoilers. Um, glad you could all join us. Uh, excited to see what movies uh, else are going to happen uh, this month. As you know, it's a random game. Every week there's a new winner. Spooky Spoilers. Anything could happen. Uh, thanks for listening. This is Spoilers. The sixth year of Spooky Spoilers. Did Spooky Spoilers start with Obama or Trump? Obama. Yeah, Obama. Yeah. One one year of Obama? Yeah, we've been through three presidencies. Yeah. Who's to say what will last longer? Democracy or Spooky Spoilers? Oh, 100% Spooky Spoilers. That was Spoilers.